0: Hi everybody, this is John Montoya. This is John Perings. We're authorized infinite banking practitioners and hosts of the fifth edition. Today's episode is episode 16, taking advantage of your human life value. Well, first off, what is human life value? All
1: insurance is really just an indemnification of loss so replacing the value of something that has been lost so for your car it's indemnifying you against the loss or damage to your car Uh, for health insurance it's indemnifying you against the cost of you know some type of large health event and life insurance is the same way it's the indemnification uh, of the loss of the the value that you bring to your family in the event that you die prematurely
0: and there's lots of different ways that a life insurance company can calculate your human life value. One of the easiest is simply taking that loss of income that you would be expected to earn over your lifetime. Now, why is this important as it relates to infinite banking?
1: Well, as, as we've mentioned many times, you know, a, a lot of the infinite banking strategies rely on cash value, the cash value accumulation inside of a life insurance policy. And that cash value doesn't exist without the death benefit.
0: And what makes it interesting, at least on our side as practitioners, is that when we structure an IBC policy, we're, we're not doing it for the death benefit, primarily. It can be a challenge to get people to realize how they can really benefit long-term by taking advantage of the human life value if what we're solving for is the minimum death benefit from day one on their first IBC policy. So let's talk a little bit about that.
1: As we build and design policies to uh, create your own banking system, we also don't want to lose sight of the fact that Covering your human life value is extremely important and extremely powerful. Not only does it protect your family in the short term if something does happen, but we also want to take, in, take into account um, covering uh, our clients for the long term just from a financing strategy or banking strategy where we, no matter what happens, we have the ability to continue to grow our quote unquote banking system no matter what happens as our income also presumably grows.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I try to impress on people when they're getting started with IBC is that you don't wanna bite off more than you can chew. It's great in theory, maybe you can start a policy with let's say $50,000 a year, but if you're having to really stretch to hit that 50,000 in annual premium, whereas you could have maybe cut it in half and fully funded that policy for the first couple of years to start off before your cash flow increase, That's the better way, better way to go. And so you you might not be taking advantage of your full human life value with that first policy, but there's strategies that we can incorporate that will uh, set you up so that you can start your second, third, and even fourth IBC policies. And that's by incorporating a convertible term policy, which we'll get into. But for most people, the amount of insurance, life insurance that they purchase on average, people are really only replacing 10 to 12 times the replacement costs. And we see this with people who also start with IBC. They kind of have an idea of what, what type of protection they need or the level of protection that they need, but they fail to see how they're going to incorporate adding new policies or multiple policies in the future. And if you're really doing IBC right, you're going to be adding multiple policies because ultimately money has to reside someplace And if you're maxing out your current policies, you need to establish new ones. It's the reason why Nelson ended up with 49 policies. At one point in his life.
1: Yeah, and that, I mean, I think that's a, a super important thing to get to. And by the way, when you, just for any anyone listening that may not know what we mean by maxing out, there are certain there are limits to how much you can put into any given whole life insurance policy. And that's typically based on the uh, IRS modified endowment contract limits or MEC limits. And so as, as we start to build out our whole life insurance policy structure, as John mentioned, and, you know, a lot most people only have 10 to 12 times the replacement cost of their human life value rather than their f- full human life value, meaning they can only replace 10 to 12 years of their income, I've actually seen you know, I've seen it as low as zero years or, you know, as low as three years. A lot of times people get these um, included in their benefits packages at work. They'll get a, you know, maybe a 20-year term insurance policy that most often does not follow them if they leave that company. But it'll just be, you know, something like, uh, a multiple of their of their current income or their current base salary or it'll be you know just uh, an arbitrary number like $300,000 or maybe a million dollars and so what ends up happening is people see though they'll, they'll see that number and they'll say well that'd be a nice chunk of change that would go to my family if anything happens but they've never been taught how to calculate how much they should have and so oftentimes that, that little term policy that you get uh, with your work, while good, you know, it's better than nothing, a lot of times only replaces maybe three, five years of your income and it's not a full replacement of human life value.
0: Not only that, but it's not even convertible to an IBC whole life policy. So that's right. uh, on the surface of things, it is good that you do have some coverage mm-hmm. and whether that's coverage through work, that's good but really you're in the minor leagues, so to speak, when it comes to IBC, you haven't made it to the majors yet because if you're going to practice IBC and let's say your goal is to maximize your human life value, well, beyond your first IBC policy, you should also be thinking long-term and securing your ability to add future policies. And so the way we do that is by adding a convertible term policy. We can do that very inexpensively and it locks in your your health so that God forbid, if something happens to you over the next five, 10, 20, maybe even 30 years, depending on the length of that convertible term policy, you have the peace of mind knowing that you're going to be able to automatically start your second, third or fourth IBC policies because you can convert that term policy into an IBC de- designed whole life policy when ready.
1: It's so powerful. I mean, convertible term insurance might be the most powerful bang for your buck financial product out there, especially if you can combine that with a disability waiver of premium. And, and what, we're, what we're doing here is we're essentially buying more death benefit for comparatively a much smaller premium. And so we lock, what we're doing is locking in that death benefit amount for the term of the term insurance, and that at any time during that term, we can convert some or all of that death benefit into permanent. In our case, what we would recommend is whole life insurance that starts accumulating a cash value and creates a permanent death benefit. And so as John was mentioning, sometimes um, we end up maxing out one whole life policy at that point we just end up we just convert some or all of a of a convertible term policy and turn that into a guaranteed permanent death benefit that's now accumulating more cash value tax free
0: there there is a challenge i know on on my end with helping people to see that additional value of having that convertible term especially yeah. for people who are in their 30s maybe even early 40s right are in really good health and you know they 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 come to us because they want to get started with IBC but they they feel like they can add their second policy when ready because well they're in good health now and if there's something that i've seen over the years is that people really do take their current health for granted completely and yeah it's 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 frustrating on my end because I have more than a handful of experiences of people who initially got started with IBC got their first policy. and then over the years, as we stayed in touch, something happened to their health. yeah they didn't they didn't get that second uh, policy, the convertible term. and so now they can't qualify for another IBC policy, at least not on themselves. You know, we have to look at their spouse or another family member, but because they didn't lock in that insurability with a term policy, now they're, they're having to look at other options or maybe, you know, if, if uh, the situation is that they can't find anyone um, that they have an insurable interest in, well now, that's it. They're they're one and done with with IBC. They have their one policy, and that's all they're they're ever going to have.
1: Right. As we as we mature and we become more productive in terms of generating an income, our income increases. All of a sudden, now you're in a situation where you can no longer uh, cover your human life value because you're no longer insurable. And so you're you know it's like it's the same as having that uh, term insurance policy as part of your benefits package. It's it's good but it could be better, right? And so coming up with strategies to protect your, your full human life value now and into the future um, becomes very powerful. And you know, in fact, I, I had this conversation just last week where adding on to what you said, where people kind of take their health for granted, You know, another way that they take it for granted is a lot of people will say, well, they have other assets or other sources of income that could be used to um, take care of their family. In the event that something does happen, and so sometimes that's a you know a full objection to life insurance in general, or they just don't think they need to buy as much as you know what their human life value would offer them, or what the insurance company would offer them based on human life value. And you know, one thing to understand is, everyone's gonna pay for life insurance somehow. You either pay for it now directly by buying life insurance up to your human life value, or you're gonna pay more later indirectly, and when I say more, probably exponentially more, by giving up the growth on future income coming from other income sources, or the future growth on the assets that have to be liquidated in order to take care of your family, so that they don't have to change their lifestyle, and it's it's one of those things that's hard to quantify, but um, you finance everything you buy, like Nelson Nash said, you either pay interest to someone else, or you give up interest you could have earned. And that's exactly what happens when you use other assets to uh, cover costs now using assets that were earmarked to provide future value.
0: Well, let's talk about a real life scenario and I'll, I'll take one from my own life. I always like to have a 10 year convertible term as an option. So I know that I can start my next IBC designed whole life policy. If we're, if we're talking to a client and you know we have the recommendation all drawn up for them to get started with an IBC policy, and let's say they're funding their first policy with $1,000 a month, and in this situation, I'm gonna say this potential client married with kids, uh, that initial whole life policy is gonna have a certain amount of death benefit, but certainly not enough oftentimes to cover even 10 or 12 times of uh, their income. So what we do there is we make a recommendation for an additional convertible term policy. Let's say that's an additional death benefit of a million dollars. And how do we decide on that million dollar death benefit coverage? Well, it's going to be based off of what their next policy would look like. If, uh, if, for example, they wanted to, let's say, start another policy and they're planning for it in year four, year five, and they wanna do another identical thousand dollar a month policy, well, how much death benefit does that whole life policy create? Because that's gonna determine how much death benefit is gonna be needed in the term quote that we provide. And we want enough death benefit to at least be able to allow a person to convert that term policy into their second policy. Ideally, a little bit more, that way they have the room to stretch it out for maybe a third policy.
1: Absolutely. And that's really, you know, just the idea of thinking long range, you know. Um, Nelson Nash, that's one of his his biggest uh, points in the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, is to think long range. And so a lot of people get caught up in, you know, stuffing as much cash in the in the early years in these policies and and that's it and and it's it's not a long range mindset and so you you end up potentially with that one policy that you stuffed all that cash into and and nothing more in the future and and so these convertible term policies are extremely powerful especially when we as I mentioned earlier add a disability waiver of premium where if you become injured or too sick to work if you have a convertible term policy with a disability waiver of premium, what that means is the insurance company, if you become disabled, will pay the premium on your behalf. But what ends up happening is you, you can also convert that term policy into whole life insurance. So if you've got a, call it a $2,000 a year term policy, all of a sudden, you know, you're turning that into a, a $10,000 a year um, whole life insurance policy that the, com- the insurance company is paying on your behalf. So extremely powerful financial tools to create more certainty in your financial life.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it, it's all about thinking long term. Look at least beyond your first policy. I heard something today which I, I wrote down, uh, rich people plan for three generations, yeah. poor people plan for Saturday night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And that applies to what we do with IBC and thinking long term, three generations down the line, even though we're funding IBC so we can build up the equity so we can use it, you know, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, uh, excuse me, five years from now, as we capitalize and continue to capitalize these policies, that money is liquid, but you got to think long term and taking advantage of your human life value allows you to do just that think long-term about adding multiple policies. What uh, I also refer to multiple buckets of money because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create a pool of money that is under our control. And once we have that pool of money established, it's always growing even when we use it someplace else. And so we want the biggest pool that we can grow and we need buckets to dump that money into so if you're starting one policy just keep in mind you should be thinking well what about the next one right future planning set up that term guarantee your health so that you can qualify for it we can convert it when when the cash flow increases and now you're starting to really incorporate the long-term vision of ibc
1: Totally. And, you know, um, I, I like what you said about, you know, creating that pool of capital. I mean, if you could create a pool of capital, that's, by the way, tax free, um, that all of a sudden gives you the ability of $1 to do the job of $2, 3 $4, how much would you want to put in there? You know, would you want to put as little as, as you could or, as, or the most you could? And then, you know, uh, following up on human life value, once we have the human life value covered, Um, A permanent death benefit allows the income replacement of the human life value calculation to then become asset replacement later in life, where it gives you the ability to use and enjoy all of the other assets that you've created over the course of your life so far. Uh, While you're still alive, you know in retirement so you can actually use the value of your house You can use the full value of your retirement plans to enjoy your retirement while while you're still alive and still leave something to pass on to the future generation so it goes past human life value maximization to um, Human life enjoyment (laughs) maximization. I just made that up. So um, but I like the way it sounds
0: you know, I uh, I got to make a list of, of all the new words that you come with during our <laughs> podcast. And that yeah. way we, we're able to give you credit on Wikipedia <laughs> or Webster's or right. wherever. Um, get get you some new residuals coming in other than... Uh, there we go.
1: Yeah. In addition to my uh, whole life insurance dividends, my uh, I'll get royalties off my human life enjoyment if anybody uh, wants to license that term from me. <laughs> <laughs> what was the phrase? human life enjoyment, human life enjoyment. I probably got, I mean, I probably read that somewhere and I'm stealing it from someone else. That's how that goes. Sometimes
0: two things that normally wouldn't go together. I would think human life enjoyment and uh, human life value.
1: <laughs> it's kind of, it does kind of work where it does protect your human life value and protect your human life enjoyment.
0: Well, there's one other note that we haven't touched on here that. I want you to share it it's It's about the human life value as it pertains to the nine eleven victims
1: yeah, well, you know uh, human life value sometimes people will look at it and they'll and they'll maybe question it a little bit because it almost seems you know again people are so programmed to look at life insurance as just sort of uh almost a an extra thing um but they're which is interesting in, in and of itself because no one would buy a house and not buy uh, homeowner's insurance. No one would buy a car and not buy a car insurance. Um, you know, so why would you not want to protect your most valuable asset, which is you and your income? I mean, if you look at, if you look at really what has the most potential for growth over the, you know, 40 years you'll be working, um, you know, it's really your income. And so the, human life value is absolutely a valid calculation and it has precedent. You know, if you, if you ever read the book, uh, Pirates of Manhattan, they talk about uh, the 9-11 victims, a, a death benefit was paid to the families of the 9-11 victims by the government. And that was uh, determined using human life value calculations. And so there, there is precedent out there um, in terms of how that, how that works. And it, and it absolutely makes sense. You're, you're indemnifying against the loss of the income you can generate over the course of your working life. I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. I think that wraps up today's episode. John, always fun to talk with you. And if you're out there listening, please feel free to subscribe so you get all of our future episodes and leave us a five-star review. Let us know how we're doing. And you can always find us at thefifthedition.com.